Theorizing that Quantum Leap would hold up after 30 years, two friends set out to watch every episode and vanished. Oh boy. Sam wants to write historical wrongs. This is a hard one to put into song. Oh boy! Featuring Kristen and Leet. Yeah! Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of... Oh boy! boy. It's It's Kristen Kristen and and Leet. I am Leet. I'm Kristen. This was technically, what, episode six? Uh, I've lost track. It doesn't matter. I've lost track. It's um, The Color of Truth. Yeah. <sighs> that's a that's a title of this episode. And Sam leaps into August 8th of 1955 in what appears to be Georgia. There's this Nina Simone song called Mississippi Goddamn. It's a great song where she lists all the... <laughs> terrible places to be black in america so i'm like well, let me go through the song and, and think where i might think this was set uh not probably not mississippi um they did at one point na- say the Tennessee. name of the town the town was called red dog i think something like that it was very hot it seemed it was very so. warm there were some confederate flags around and we start the episode where we left off last week's episode where uh, we discover that he has leapt into the body of an older black gentleman in a in a diner. Yeah, oh, with this... only white patrons in it. Yeah, this is actually an interesting thing that I clocked because at the end in the in the teaser at the end of last episode, um, Sam leaps in and Jesse is already sitting at the lunch counter, whereas at the beginning of this episode, yeah. he leaps in and he's standing in the doorway and Sam himself walks over to the lunch counter, meaning yeah. that the inciting incident of this whole thing. Ends up being Sam's fault and not and not uh, uh, Jesse's doing. He makes the choice to yeah. go and sit down and ask for food before he realizes that he's black. So he he realizes right. he's black as he's sitting on, at the lunch counter and he sees across the mirror uh, across from him. He sees, "Oh, I'm black," and just kind of smiles to himself. Yeah, I think he's very excited to be black. Well. <laughs> Oh, so just before we get into it, Leet and I have been like, this is either going to be the longest episode we will record yet or the shortest, and I'm not sure which direction it'll go yet because, uh, as as you guys know, we're, we're two white people sitting here talking about this uh, episode that gets into some some really heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, and actually, we were surprised to realize that it handles it fairly like, well. Like, not too bad. Not as badly as I expected a TV show from 89 yeah. would. There's so some language good. stuff, as you would expect. Yeah, there's a very, I don't know if I'd say a casual use of the N-word, but it's used several times. Yeah, several times. Um. And- so yeah, before we get into anything, uh, I suppose a little bit of a content warning. Mm-hmm. Um. And if you're planning on watching this episode, yeah, just just know that. Going Be aware in. of that. And and this episode, as as Kristen just said, is like two white people talking about a show made by a white guy starring, starring two, two white, white guys. Um, who are, they're like Al and Sam are spending the episode talking about civil rights and 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 everything and how they can change things, which is again very like well, 
yeah, you're, you're two, two white guys sitting here talking about changing the future. Um, or changing the past, because that's... Yeah. I, I suppose there's also a, a sad thing that I experienced going watching this episode where I'm like, in 89, I feel like, are they approaching this episode as as though, like, because race relations are so much better now, we can look back and talk about how did we get here. And uh, now in 2019, I'm like, but they're pretty rough in the yeah. States now. Um, I mean, I guess they were always bad, but we're, we, like, like, you know, we're becoming more and more aware yeah, I think the now thing, that like it's always bad. Yeah, I think it, the assumption in '89 was that these are problems of the past that are now fixed. Yeah, and now in 2019, we know that these are problems that have never really been fixed, and they've just changed. Yeah, exactly. You you phrased it a lot better than I was trying to. Um, so so looking at it with that lens, uh, we'll probably be hypercritical of of this, but yeah. So yeah, Sam walks up to the lunch counter, sits down. Let's start the episode. Six minutes in, we're going to start the episode. Yeah, but he he's like, well, I fig- I don't know what to do or who I am, but I am hungry, so I might as well eat. Yeah. Which, uh, I guess, fair enough, you know? Like, that kind of brings the, the starkness of, of the racism in this, in this time mm-hmm. um, to an even more strong point that he's like, I literally was just hungry and went to sit down yeah. and got in trouble. Again, if you're um, Sam and you're like, okay, I'm in a restaurant, I'm going to go sit down and order lunch. Uh, and then you realize you're a black person. And then you look around and you kind of realize based on how people are dressed, like what time period this is. He Maybe maybe it's his Swiss, Swiss cheese memory and he doesn't quite remember the history. But like, again, he just looks like kind of like pleased to be in this situation and it's not until somebody comes up in costume whereas I'd be like oh no this is not safe yeah yeah well that's something I, I guess he kind of navigates very poorly in this episode which is um well not poorly but like he has his own beliefs obviously that that we share which is that this should not be going on so he's like I'm just gonna mm-hmm. live like I have these rights because mm-hmm. I should. And yeah. it's like you've absolutely should, but you do not right now. And you're putting um, you're putting Jesse, the real Jesse in danger essentially. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We know you have those rights, but everyone around you is about to like lose their shit. <laughs> lose their shit. And so it, you just you just want him to be a little more careful but, because again, it's not your body, it's Jesse. But fortunately like I mean after he kind of realizes his mistake, a couple of young white Scallywags. Rural scallywags come up to him uh, and say, oh, you've made a mistake. You shouldn't sit here. You should go. And uh, the the Miss Patty, the owner of the restaurant, says, oh, you've got to just take your sandwich to Miss Melanie. And so, like, Sam then extricates himself pretty quickly. Like, he doesn't at that moment try to argue the point. Yeah, defending his choice to sit down. I would also like to point out that on IMDb, Miss Patty is M-I-Z Patty. Miss mm. Patty. Miss Patty. Um, but Miss Melanie is for sure Miss Melanie, Ms. obviously. Melanie. Um, which is the next person that uh, Sam meets. He uh, leaves the restaurant with his little egg salad sandwich. And he's getting, you're, you were right last time we talked to say that he's getting better at this because uh, Miss Patty says to him, like, now you just take your egg salad to Miss Melanie and get out of here. Um, so then when he sees an old 
lady shouting at him across the street, he's like, okay, here I come, Miss Melanie. Like, it's it's not taking quite so long to yep. put things... I mean, maybe if you're just a smart person in general, maybe I... Yep, I mean... <laughs> I was going to say, maybe I just smoke too much pot, and I'm like, I would be so confused. But in, in this, uh, the thing that I was... Uh, thought was pretty decent of Sam was uh, he he just hears um, a disembodied voice going, Jesse, Jesse. And he hasn't yet heard his name yet. But uh, he, he must just be like, oh, I suppose that's me. Somebody's calling for somebody. What if he wasn't Jesse? Like if, if somebody was just, he, like somebody, you know, is calling Ben, Ben. He goes, oh, I guess that's me. And he walks over and they're like, Jesse, what the fuck are you doing? Well, I guess all that is to say he's getting a bit better at sort of surmising yeah. what's going he's on. He's getting, picking up context. He also has a very clever um, ruse that he plays in this one where, uh, you know, uh, he has to drive Miss Melanie yeah. somewhere and he doesn't know where he's supposed to go. And she goes, well, we're going to go the same place that we've gone every Saturday for the last seven years, you idiot. And he goes, well... Miss Melanie, you remember when I fell down and hit my head before? Like, I need you to give me directions, which I just, I really hope that Sam uses that every episode for the rest of this show. Well, it was a good plan. And uh, the only thing that made me a little upset about it is because she's an older woman who's like, well, I have been kind of flustered lately. And, and, you know, she's been having... um, I've been watching, I, I watched all of Grace and Frankie season five last night and they talk a lot it's about had it. five seasons already. Yeah, it wow. has. I know. God, I can't get enough of it. Um, but they, they talk a lot about senior moments and, you know, how it's okay to have them and mm-hmm. not, not wanting to be judged for them. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting there crying like, yeah, absolutely. Like, because I I have a lot of yeah yeah because he's he's like an older <laughs> guy myself. but she's also she's probably twenty years older than Jesse is I guess maybe ten years yeah um but my my point to that though is that like I was a little worried about him gaslighting this poor old lady mm. by being like you, have you forgotten that I hit my head and don't remember things and she's oh, right. like well I don't know and I'm like no don't confuse her with a lie like come on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I don't know how old they both were, but I do imagine that at the end of this episode, they get married. (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. Well, and the whole time I was thinking, like I was watching it too, and uh, first of all, the... the show before even all this happens starts off with him flashing back to the first five episodes where he's had a young, attractive lady to make out with mm-hmm. every time, right? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, that's happened pretty much every single episode so far. And he usually is in the body of a young man. Um, and this is the first time he's been in an older body, mm-hmm. um, let alone one so different from, from his own. Um but he also, because he made such a big point starting off about like, you know, I've been having a lot of fun leaping. And yep. then you see him kissing all these ladies and you're like, so that's fun for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's, even though he's been painting it as this is what I must do for, this the, is my, but for also the good I'm of quantum physics. in love with each physics. of these women. Yeah. He's basically saying like, I'm having a blast leaping around, making out with ladies. And then he see, he, he ends up with Miss Melanie. And there's one part where he's like, he's like looking at her and talking with her, and um, I thought to myself, like, is he going to make out with Melanie? I was <laughs> I was convinced for a little while that he, we might see Bakula make out with, like, a 75-year-old woman. That would have made me so happy. Honestly, I was like, go with it. If, if this is your mission, if your mission is to time travel and make out with ladies, yep. 
you do it. And you don't discriminate. I was just thinking, because, like, yeah, uh, this is the first episode without a romance plot um, or a, a woman who he's supposed to, or, uh, uh, you know, a, a girlfriend, a, a girlfriend that he has to uh, kind of make do with, or somebody that he has to seduce in order to, you know. Um, so this is the first yeah. one without a romantic plot, unless, as you say, there is a budding romance between Melanie and Tyler, uh, Jesse here. That was my reading. My reading that there is a romance that's fun. happening. But that's just, uh, that's just, like I said, I've been watching a lot of Grace and Frankie, so the idea of uh, old people finding love later in life just, just makes me really, really happy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, I'm going to say, like, Sam fucking loves being black. He has this... A voiceover narration where he says, you know, um, sometimes when I leap into people, like, it feels a little bit weird, but um, but leaping into Jesse was just like, uh, you know, uh, stepping into a pair of shoes that have been broken in just right. And he also went, went in his first conversation with Al, he... Um, he says, oh, can you imagine? Like, I've leapt into a black man. If this is possible, then the possibilities are limitless. Yeah. As though there is any difference That's the us. thing. That's the thing is he's so shocked that he's leapt into a black person. Yeah. That it's like, okay, that seems a little racist. That is. Like, it's like, we are the same. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't... You leapt into an Italian man last episode. <laughs> it's interesting that he's only ever leapt in the United States so far. Do you think that's going to change? I don't know. Maybe he'll leap into, like, you know, East Germany or something. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if it's possible, because it, it seems it seems like they wouldn't do that for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe because they're like only leaping within his lifetime. So I'm like, we're really narrowing the the scope. But yeah, I, I mean, that's I would make the opposite argument, which if, if we're narrowing the scope to within about 50 years, then we might as well broaden it to, you know, ge- geography. I hope or maybe so. maybe it's a matter of like Sam doesn't speak any other languages. So like <laughs> he's got <laughs> to stick to the English speaking world. Even though he reads hieroglyphics. He reads hieroglyphics, but that's an ancient language. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. yeah, he hasn't yet done a woman yet either. So yeah. I mean, he has done lo- a woman, I but he hasn't s- leapt into a woman yet. I got it, Leet. <laughs> yeah, I'm so looking forward to that yep. time. Uh, yeah, yeah, talking about their ages, um, because Miss Melanie talks about how she's the old one who should be taken care of. But I'm like, he's he's pretty old, too. Yeah. Uh, so it seem, seems kind of like... He's for sure like he's the grandfather of a teenager? What is she, she? Well, she's probably at least 16. Yeah, she's driving. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you'd put him probably at least 60, 65, right? I was going to say at least 55, but... Right. Yeah. In so that, I'll say in there. 60-ish. She's for sure 70s. Yeah. Um, so Al, Al comes in and uh, gives us the exposition that um, Miss Melanie is going to get hit by a train uh, when she's driving and her car stalls out over the tracks or something like that. He specifically says she's going to get squished by a choo-choo. Squished by a choo-choo. <laughs> uh, and that is the thing that Sam is here to um, to, to avert. Um, nothing to do with the civil rights movement. Although <laughs> we know Sam. He's going to try and start the civil rights movement. Yeah. That's what kind of keeps getting hinted at is is uh, he wants to do more. And Al is like, no, you are just here yeah. to stop her getting squished for, by a choo-choo. And Al gets into stuff about like how he 
um, went to protests. Yeah, and, he was at Selma. Yeah. Um, he used to, he was part in the, he was, he was in the civil rights movement, um, which again, like it's, it's one of those kind of liminal, like, you know, like sure there were some white people at the civil rights movement, like, you know, it, at those protests and, uh, people, white folks getting arrested and beaten for being part of that movement. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, like, hell, it does, like hell doesn't have to be everything. Well, yeah, I, it was a bit of a white savior-y kind of thing. A little bit. Because when Sam was like, well, like, you know, what do you know about this or whatever? I, I don't remember how it came up. But Al literally says, I have, a, I had a lot of black friends. And Sam says, I can't believe you said that. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of with Sam. I'm like, yeah. oh, did you just pull the I have black friends line? Yeah. Because it's like. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about protesting and being beaten by the police and stuff. And you're kind of like, well, not as badly as all the black people at those protests. And also, like, again, like, just Al doesn't have to have done everything. You know, like, so far, like, uh, we went in the episode when Al was a fighter pilot. Oh, sorry, when Sam was a fighter pilot, Al had formerly been a fighter pilot. When Sam was a boxer, boxer, Al had previously been a boxer. Like, Al doesn't have to, like, have stakes in every single one of his leaps. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, I know how to make chitlins, and it's like, oh, oh, here now we're going to see a, a white guy tell us how to make, you know, an African-American staple. Like, I don't know, man. Um, Just back off, Al. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the word? Speak. Up, not over, Al. Mm. I like that, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like the key ally yeah. sentence, right? So it's and like, I, be more of an ally, Al. Again, like, ally. this is probably also a, a matter of casting. It's like, okay, you've got two main characters in your show. Both of them are middle-aged white dudes. Like, yeah. oh man, if Al had been cast black from the beginning, then we've got some fucking stakes here. I just did a big thumbs up that no one could see because I'm like, wow, that would have been... That yeah, would have been, like, cast, so good. If Al was a black actor, yeah. And then, and then he would be sharing his experience with Sam in this episode mm-hmm. to help him get through this and to tell him what he thinks should be done. You know what I mean? There we go. Right now, you just have two white guys speculating what should we do? We're in a Confederate, you know, well, what do you call it? Like a Southern yeah, thing. state back in 1955. Like, I, what should we do? And Al's acting like he knows. And it's like, well, you don't really. Like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. But also, like, I, th- I think to some extent here, like, Al is being the voice of reason. Because he's the one who keeps saying, yeah. like, Sam, like, don't, like, this isn't your job. Like, yeah. Sam, you're here to save Miss Melanie's life. The civil rights movement is going to start in a couple of months. Just chill. I don't know. Is that the right attitude? Or is it like, no, let's let's kick it off early. Again, we're not the people to have this conversation. Yeah. It's, it's a tough call. I mean, the, the what I look to in this episode is the I, I guess the characters within his family mm-hmm. um uh jesse's family yeah because his son is saying like you need to back off yeah because uh yeah he sat down in a in a white diner and news spread real fast in in this little town yeah and his son is like don't do that stuff but uh his granddaughter yeah Nell um was fully like good for you I'm so yeah. proud of you way to go interesting of course as there would be that th- that there's debate within the family mm-hmm. themselves about you know uh 
what, what do we do as especially given that this is at the beginning of you know like like uh the the granddaughter does seem to have an interest in changing things and and wanting to make a better future i mean again it's, it's i guess v- vaguely laudable that we can say like they put some ambiguity into it you know even among even among the black characters in this episode they had like some people for it some people against it um like all of the white people were racist but some were less racist than others and all of this stuff yeah yeah which it it was such a strange thing because on the one hand i'm like yeah you have a ton of white actors in this and they're all playing pretty despicable characters um except for miss melanie who changes at the end but we'll get to that Everybody else, you know, within the the diegesis of the past is is um pretty terrible. The white people and the black characters were were great and were sort of as the show is is training us to do, trying to see it from from their perspective, which is easy for us because we are not in 1955 where you kick people out of diners and things like that. You know, obviously we're on their side, but there should have been more black actors in this for episode. sure there were only there like were three two. three if you include jesse himself yeah who didn't get any lines i was glad that they showed him more than they typically show the person who mm-hmm. sam leaps into but then they also like kept like showing him sam like just kind of smiling quietly to himself like he just yeah. like kept looking in mirrors and being like i'm a black guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they're, yeah, I guess my point is they should have hired more black actors, given them more screen time. Um, hired although, a black writer, hired a black director. Yeah. Cast a black actor as Al. Recast Al. <laughs> the character of Miss Melanie's son, Clayton, who is one of the one of the more racist de-racists in here. He's the one, the yeah. first one to break out the real bad N-word. Yeah. Um, and his he's his whole thing, I guess, is you're making. Melanie look bad. Is it? To some extent, he's he's um he's got real high stakes in Jesse not sitting out at the at the lunch counter and then um when he when he he talks to Miss Melanie about it and Miss Melanie says, "Well, whatever Jesse did in that diner is no business of mine." Uh and and uh he says, "Well, you are the the wife of the governor the the the, you know, the widow of the governor of this state and uh right and and you can't have your yeah person um um sitting down in lunch counters so. he used the word uppity like yes he did getting, uppity. getting uppity which you're like yeah that's gross and i guess yeah I, I see what you mean if it's about sort of the reputation of the family, like that's a pillar of this society, you know? Yeah. Which is important to establish because when she chooses to change things later on, it is such a big deal because she holds so much clout yeah. in this society. I guess the difference between him and the other racists is that he's the one, he's he's like a professional, like he's in a suit. He's a professional racist. And like the other two, the other two are like wearing overalls. Uh, and he's like the he's the business racist. I guess it's important because he's high high class, and the other guys are like you said, not yeah. They're they're overalls. They're overalls. Yeah. And um, so you can't use the you know like education or anything like that as as an excuse, which obviously we don't. There are many wealthy racists mm-hmm. who are president of the United States right now, <laughs> and even the sheriff who's like. Not the worst racist, but he's not great, and yeah. he's still racist. 
Um, that's about as good as it gets with yeah. the white people in this episode. Maybe Miss Patty is okay. She's kind of Miss Patty like, seems l- fine. She's still like, you get out of here, but here's she, your egg salad sandwich. Yeah, she owns a whites-only diner. <laughs> okay, yeah, so they're all well, bad. They're I all mean, awful. To be fair, like, she owns a diner, and it's the law that says it's whites-only. That's true. But, but that said, like, I mean, it's uh, everyone. Yeah. Because it's, it's um, structural. Right? Yeah. It doesn't almost matter what any individual thinks because the problem is systematic and, and built in. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, I'm having trouble deciding, like, the fact that most of the people we see in this episode are white and terrible mm-hmm. is both both um, powerful because you just see Sam against a sea of people who hate him, which he's never had to face before. True. Um, but on the other hand, also, there are no black actors, so you're like, this is a story about racism only on the, like, yeah. we're only really seeing the one side of it. But I guess that's what, uh, you know, Sam was experiencing leaping into Jesse. I don't know. But it should have seen more of the family. They seemed really nice. Yeah, I would have liked that a lot. I never found out how the chitlins turned out. I needed more salt. Yeah, but they weren't finished yet. No, they weren't finished. So, um, yeah, um, real quickly, after after the run-in with Clayton at Miss uh, Melanie's house, yeah. Nell drives Sam home to uh, to make chitlins for the church bake-off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the, uh, the the overall boys. The overall boys. <laughs> Looks like them overall boys are at it again, <laughs> and they follow uh, Sam and Nell home. So, yeah, Sam has to cook chitlins, which fortunately Al has a killer recipe for because, of course, he does. Oh, uh, Al's first outfit or one of his early outfits the purple number just as i thought to myself like oh this is a really serious episode like okay get like get ready for this Kristen. in comes al in this hot pink shirt hot pink pants purple jacket silver shoes Mm -hmm. um a jeweled brooch (laughs) at his throat and i'm like well there's the the pop of fantasy that i needed yeah. just to take me just just to just to simmer down for a minute before we get back into this really heavy stuff um yeah so um yeah i mean al uh, do you think the costume designer of this show loved al or hated al loved you think they loved him uh what i did want to bring up real quick is a totally random question but as he's carrying in the groceries i saw a carton of eggs in a cardboard egg carton, like the ones we buy to this day. Hmm. And I thought to myself, did they use these in 55? What do you think? Um, I can tell you that um, in an interview with Donald P. that I once heard when I was watching this show, like in university, um, in the, on the, like, the box set, um, special features there was an interview with donald p Mm -hmm. and he said that he was obsessive about props accuracy um not that not to say that he couldn't possibly have made a mistake but it was like he was constantly he was constantly on the on the set dressers and and props people uh not to let anything under the radar well i suppose there's no reason why not they had cardboard probably Mm -hmm. right maybe yeah cardboard for sure existed (laughs) all right I was just curious because I was like, oh, I have one of those in my fridge right now. Mm. Seems interesting that. Do you want to have some eggs? I can make us some eggs. Let's have some eggs. 
We'll be right back with more of... I was about to say pitch-off More of egg time with Kristen and Leet. Oh, boy, it's eggs. <laughs> <laughs> There's that comedy gold. All right. Anyway, this, while he's making the chitlins, uh, this is when he has the conversation with his son. His only conversation with his one of the two black actors in this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah and again it's like a fine conversation the son is saying like don't don't get into trouble and sam is saying but trouble needs to happen and the the son is saying like but don't though yeah um the other thing though is he's he's confused sometimes because he doesn't know who everybody is right Mm -hmm. um and he uh, is talking to someone that no one can see which is al because he still hasn't figured out that maybe you shouldn't just talk to Al whenever Al's around. Mm-hmm. Um, but his son basically scolds him for being confused in this scene. And I'm like, that's kind of kind of rough for your like aged father to kind of like pick on him for that stuff. But yeah, also understandable. Yeah. Well, especially if it's a new thing with him. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, if he's only like 60 or something, that's different than if he was, you know. Yeah. Super old. But uh, again, I don't have really any notes on that scene. It was just kind of a straightforward don't get yourself into trouble. And the next thing though, after Chitlin's we get, I think, an interaction with the the sheriff. Well, I there there is one important thing, which is the cross burning. Oh after this yeah, after I blocked that out of Yeah, while he's <laughs> while memory. he's making his chitlins and after he has this conversation with his son, he hears something outside and opens the door and there's just a burning cross on his front lawn. And two overalls um yeah, the two overalls. laughing and running into a car and driving away yep and uh and uh i think the son giving his father giving jesse kind of like a oh what have you gotten us into look which is fair yeah real fair yeah um although these guys don't i don't know they don't really seem like kkk or maybe they're kkk but they're not wearing the robes or anything no it I doesn't seem just... like an organized cross burning no, no, I don't think these guys are organized at all. I think they're just like, we gotta do something. And we... That said, it is a pretty professional-looking cross, so maybe they they just went to the KKK warehouse and, you know, signed out a cross. Um, um, but the, the, so another sort of interesting thing, I guess, is Sam says, I think, or in and around this scene, something about maybe that's why I'm here. Like, maybe I'm here to, as we said, start the yeah. civil rights movement. Um, but... His son is telling him, no, back off. Mm-hmm. Um, his granddaughter is proud of him, but she also suffers a ton in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the only black people you're encountering in this time period are all telling you, except for her. I guess that's hard. But like you're kind... It's just such a big call that he's making yeah. to be like, maybe I should start this now. And it's like at the risk of your family. Like, I don't know. Again, consult actual people of color before. Yeah. I don't know. Speak up, not over. Yeah. Whatever. And yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's a fair point and And one that I wonder if Donald considered. Well, given that, <laughs> Yeah, he wrote this anyway. Yeah. And is deciding what these black characters are saying to each other. I'm like, what is the point of this argument even? I don't know. <laughs> it's all just white guys, white words. This is such a hard episode to talk about. I know I want to be like edit most of this out. Yeah. 
like this episode is going to end up being like five minutes long and it's going to be us laughing about like the Dukes of Hazard, yeah. And that's going to be the end of it. Um, so um, then we, we after the cross burning, uh, Sam goes and got, talks to the sheriff in town saying like, I know who did this. You should go arrest these two dudes. One of them's known as like Skater Boy. Toad. Toad. The Skater other one's boy Billy Ray. In it. Yeah, Billy Ray and Toad. And then it turns out that Billy Ray is actually the sheriff's son because, of course, he fucking is. Yeah, of course. Not that that pays off or means anything at any point. It's just like, of course, it fucking is. Yeah. And well, a- again, this sheriff is not the worst among the racists, but he's the one who just says, "Hey, keep your head down. If you get into any more trouble because of this, it's going to be your own fault." Yeah, like he's basically saying, I'm going to do what's expected of me by all these racists. But yeah, it, and then right after his talk with the sheriff, oh, here who you tells go. him, yeah, he keep, says, keep a low keep your profile, head down, yeah. don't do anything crazy like that, like the diner incident. And then what does Sam do? He immediately <laughs> drinks from a water fountain. And looks up and there's a big sign over the fountain that says whites only. I don't think Sam saw it. We, the audience, see it. I don't think Ugh. Sam clocked it at all. But how did you miss it if you're going over to, like, it's right on top of the fountain. Yeah. So it's like he must have just not looked yeah. at the fountain that he drank from. Yeah. Like, it, I agree with you that it was played as though he didn't see yeah. it. But how did you not see it? I don't know. That's a good point. I think I think it's like, it was just convenient for the story, but you're like, come on, dude. Like, I mean, again, you it say... It says right there. You say it's convenient for the story, but this doesn't pay off in any way. I guess, except for the fact that, like, then we see Toad and Billy Ray or whatever, and they go, well, now he's gone too far. Well, and then that's what they, when they decide to do something a little more drastic, yeah. which ends up hurting Nell. Sure, but, like, the same would so have made logical sense even without that. I don't know. I don't think so, because... No. You think it's like an escalation, escalation, escalation thing? I do, yeah. All right. I do. Well, at least that's how like the sheriff plays it off later mm-hmm. and everybody plays it off like you keep doing things yeah. that we're telling you not to do. And that's why people keep attacking your family. Fair enough. So like, you know, while not agreeing with that, with the fact that they are doing terrible things to his family, of course, he is disregarding those threats. Um, at least according to them. And especially because to him, it's just, I'm thirsty. I'm going to have some water. Mm -hmm. Maybe I was going to say, did he forget he was black? But like, like, are there moments where he just forgets and goes to do things he would normally do? But he immediately, this happens right after he sees his own reflection. Two seconds. Yeah. And like reminds himself sadly, like that this is the truth of who this, what this man's life was. Mm -hmm. So he didn't forget because he just... Yeah. And it's like and again, had a big conversation yeah, with the right sheriff. Right after the conversation with the sheriff. I mean again, it's just like Sam is not actually thinking things through. Yeah, like like I guess that's my point is to him, I'm just thirsty, I'm gonna have a drink. I'm mm-hmm. just hungry, I'm gonna sit at the bar. Obviously that's what it should be. But um these are huge acts of rebellion and political statements. Yeah. And he's not thinking about the consequences on Jesse and his family. To him, it's not a huge political yeah. statement. He was just thirsty. And I'm like, that's the problem, is that because you're a white man in a black man's body, you're like, well, obviously, I would just want some water. Whereas if Jesse made that decision, you know what I mean? He would be throwing down a gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't, but if you're going to play with people's lives, at least be aware yeah, that's the that thing, you're doing that it. Sam is doing this without really thinking it through. That Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the thing. At least if he was like, no, I'm going to fucking drink from this fountain because I should be allowed to. Then you'd be like, all right. Okay. It, it's a choice. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the right choice for Jesse today. Yeah, that's that's what this episode is about. It's like, basically, I mean, not they wouldn't have said it in this language, but it's basically what if, you know, a black guy in segregation era South behaved with white privilege. Yeah. Like what would that what would that look like? And that would be a good story if it wasn't actually a white man. If Jesse was actually Jesse and not Sam mm-hmm. and told his family like, "No, I don't care what you're saying. I don't care what the sheriff says. I'm going to do this stuff." And they're like, "But you're going to get you're going to get killed or mm-hmm. put into jail." And he was like, "I don't care. Like we're doing I'm doing this for the greater good of, you know." Yeah all black people then you'd be like great yeah great i mean but then we would just be watching an episode about rosa parks exactly there are people who made that sacrifice and took those risks and sam is just coming in and deciding to do that he's basically being like i'm gonna sacrifice this man for the greater good and it's like you don't get to make that decision that's the thing you're you're you are you are putting somebody else's safety at risk because you, yeah, because... Because you're not thinking it through. Or because you think that you are are right to do this. Well, and that's the thing about, like, yeah, you're still... Even if you're in the body of, of a black man, you're still playing the white savior. Mm-hmm. But even worse than that, you're doing it in the body of a black man yeah. who's, who's gonna get hurt. Gonna face the consequences. So, yeah. That was my biggest issue. Yeah, that's the thing. I think we've managed like 45 minutes in. We've figured out what the problem with this episode is. Even though like relatively speaking, they're handling it fairly well. But just... I expected worse. We expected worse. Yeah. But but There is something that that doesn't sit right. And I think at the end of the day, yeah, it's... it's, Sorry, I interrupted. No, no, I'm not... That's... I'm just saying that, like, we finally managed to put our finger on what is so uncomfortable about this episode. Yeah. Go Well, see you next week. Yeah, well, uh, like, the next one is we have a nice conversation about tea with uh, Jesse and Miss Melanie. It was a nice scene. Um, Again, like, I think, you know, Miss Melanie is our our contender for Dixie of the Week. Yeah, she Um, was very good. So, yeah, this actor... um, does a good job of of representing the the ambiguity uh, and the and the conflict within like her sympathizing with with um, her black friend. I mean, he's he's an, a servant, but he's also it seems like her only friend. Yeah, absolutely. Like one of my favorite scenes is at the very beginning where they go to her husband's grave, which we didn't talk about, but. Mm. Um, and they have a nice moment and she talks about losing her husband and mentions how he lost his wife. Um, and they kind of, even though it's not actually Jesse, connect over that for yeah. a moment. And and like, I mean, he, you know, um, repeatedly like just touch, he grabs her hands and he helps her to a bench and he touches her quite freely. And she doesn't like shrink away. Like they're clearly very we're close. We're led to, yeah, led to think that that's, that's not an uncommon thing yeah. for that, for these two. So she, she does that, but then also she has the kind of, um, patrician. We don't, we don't eat together. Yeah. Which is, I guess what the next scene is, um, cause she, she apparently every afternoon, uh, she makes tea for the two of them and she has it alone in the dining room and he has it alone in the kitchen and he suggests why don't we have our tea together and she she riles against the idea and refuses but 
again, she's playing the con- conflict very well, and and um, her her like moment by moment th- saying like, no, this is the right thing to do, and then like the next scene, oh, maybe that wasn't the right thing to do. Maybe this is the right thing to do. Um, well, because yeah, and and this part I don't mind because he he's not really putting Jesse in any danger by just asking this woman like, why though? Yeah, you know, just just not even saying it's totally wrong and you're a bad person mm-hmm. but just being like why don't we together and he also says it in this nice way which is he says you know you made me this lovely tea and i think it would just be polite to 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 sit and and enjoy sure. it with you yeah which again i think is a very gentle um way to kind of move the needle slightly yeah yeah and i think it uh, it obviously affects her because she goes through a lot of change you're right she is the dixie in this episode um and that's why it was especially poignant when she streaked at the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we find out she's a topless go-go dancer. She's wearing nothing but a small green fascinator. <laughs> nah, Miss Melanie doesn't streak. No, she's never been nude in her life. <laughs> she's always got her Sunday best yeah. on. <laughs> she was worn. She was born wearing a slip. She was born in a bonnet. <laughs> Anyway. Um, yeah, and then uh, she still, at this point, refuses to have tea with him. Yeah. Um, and There's a knock at the door. It's his granddaughter. Uh-huh. Um, he says, uh, you go on without me. You don't drive me home today. Um, which yeah. results in her driving to church alone. In his car. In his car, correct. Yeah. Um, which I guess we might as well. Yeah, that's the next thing I have is she's uh, driving home alone. Uh, and and the two um, the the overall brothers um, decide to drive her car off the road. Toad and Skater Boy. Toad and Skater Boy, Billy Billy Jean, um, <laughs> in a crash that is so much more sudden and violent than I was expecting. Oh, for this show, I haven't. It's like the plane crash from the pilot was not as scary yeah. as this. Because they they they're having a conversation. While they're driving, they're like, "Oh, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna bump into him, but we're just, we're just gonna frighten him." And they're assuming that it's Jesse driving the car, yeah, or at least that Jesse's in the car. And they say, "Oh, we're not gonna do anything wrong. We're just gonna scare him a little bit," and then have the most horrific crash. Like they come out of nowhere, and I think it just scares her so much that she like abruptly turns and then flips the car into a ditch. Mm-hmm. Basically, I mean, I don't know if they actually. If there there was an actual collision, oh maybe maybe. But then, hmm, if that were the case, I would have liked to have have had a scene with them being like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! This is so much worse than we intended." Um, they, they, it seems like this was their plan, and they're just like fucking monsters. Well, when it did happen, the one guy is like, "We should go see if he's okay," because they thought it was Jesse. Him. Yeah, and uh, the other guy's like, "No, we're getting we're getting the hell out of here because it's worse than they thought it was." You know what I mean? Fair enough, I guess so. I think if they had just spooked him and like he got shoved off a mm-hmm. little bit, like, but you know, the car didn't flip, they'd come over and like, you know, intimidate him a little more. Yeah, probably true. But, and it was so scary too, because it's like, there's this girl, she's like, she can't be more than 16 or... 16, 17, yeah. yeah. And she um, she's, screams, like, of course she does, because she, you know, almost ran into someone. And it was so scary and serious, this and episode. Sudden. Yeah, and when she falls out of the car, like, there's blood everywhere. Yeah. Like, she is... Yeah, they're not, not backing down on the violence of this act. Which... 
um, like fair, but also this is like a prime time like adventure yeah. show. Yeah, I on the one hand I'm like I guess it's good that they're making this issue so serious. Yeah. You know that it's not as frivolous as other episodes, but then on the other hand you're thinking like the first real uh real violence. Violence in this entire and show. Let alone like seeing someone who's had violence done to them so graphically like mm-hmm. like I said because there's a lot of blood on her is, is a little bit is that then trivializing? And, and and that's done. We cut back to Sam and um, Miss Melanie. They decide to go for a drive. I don't. I didn't write down where they're going, but it's away from the train tracks, so that's fine. Yeah. Like uh, we're we're approaching the time. We're vaguely approaching the time when the crash is supposed to happen. So Sam is quite happy to be driving Miss Melanie away from the train tracks, but mm-hmm. that takes them past the accident with uh, Nell. Uh, yes. He discovers the car. Quick question. Yeah. Because he's going to go lift her up and take her to the car. And he struggled for a second, but also because he was on an incline. And I wanted to ask you, um, since this is the first body he's leapt into that's like much older than him, mm-hmm. does he feel physically like sore or exhausted or, you know, does he feel older, do you I think? I don't have an answer to that. Um, there are... I would say one or two times in this episode where I clocked, he had a, like a bit of a stoop. Um, he was, but he, he kind of did that in how the test was one too. Yeah, well, that was a whole other. That, that was, was like a cowboy. A, that was a cowboy. Stoop. Cowboy. This was an old man stoop. Um, slump, I would say. It was a cowboy slump, and this was kind of an old man <laughs> stoop. Stoop. Um, but then again, like sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. But the, but then again, like uh, Jesse, as we said, is maybe sixty, so. You know, he's not hes not a decrepit old man. Um, I don't know. I imagine if they had wanted to make lifting Nell up look easy, they could have managed that. Mm-hmm. So maybe. I mean, again, it's just, it, I think they're maybe just like trying to add, add to the weight and difficulty of this situation. Well, and also I think there's just so much, there's enough going on in this episode without being like, he's old. Yeah. Like, that's we're not really worried about his age in this. We're more concerned about his race. Yeah. And also, like, just, I, I, you know, um, they were probably trying to just be kind of vaguely realistic. Yeah. And, like, picking somebody up on an incline and carrying them away is difficult. So he like picks just her let up it... with one hand and lifts her yeah. over his head and Miss Melanie is like, Oh my God, <laughs> Jesse. Or just like <laughs> like does that like one arm into like a fireman's carry move. Like uh any of that could he have picks been done. Her but... Up on one shoulder and Melanie up on the other. And ran to the hospital. <laughs> runs to the hospital. <laughs> um so he picks oh. her up, um drops her uh into the back of the car with Miss Melanie, who's putting pressure on her head wound. And then they drive to, oh, he, he says, oh, we're, uh, we're going to go to the hospital. Miss Melanie says, oh, that's the White's Hospital. You got to go to the uh, Black's Hospital, like one town over. Yeah, but that's so far away. That's far, too far yeah. away. And uh, she well, won't make it. She won't make it. Well, they won't accept her like like hell they will. They will when I when they talk to me. So Oof. that's what the next plot point is going to be, uh, yep. getting Nell into the Whites-only hospital, which it, is Miss Melanie's first kind of big turnaround. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they're not gonna—they're not about to do it. They call the cops on him, which happens anyway. Mm-hmm. But they're like, "We're going to call the sheriff. Get out of here! Like that's—it's against the law." Miss Melanie has a big, yeah, a moment where the camera kind of zooms in on her epic fashion a little bit as she says maybe i'm imagining this in my head but no, yeah i think that's i think that's right she steps out of the car there's a bit of a, a zoom in 
Yeah. And she says, uh, you, oh, you're so-and-so's son, aren't you, to the doctor? You're so-and-so's son. And he goes, yes, ma'am, I am. And she goes, well, then you know who I am. And he goes, yes, ma'am, I do. And she says, you will accept this black girl. Yeah. Um, and he does. Yep. Which is maybe he's like one of the good ones. Maybe he's like, because he's the one who was like, look, it's illegal. Like, I'll lose my fucking medical license or something. But then when he faces like a bit of resistance, he's like, okay, let's treat this poor injured woman. So she gets in the hospital. Sheriff pulls up pretty much soon after. This angry, terrible white nurse comes out and is like, yeah. that's the man. This is probably like the worst racist one of them all Oof. because it's like, oh, you you wanted to get your granddaughter help? Well, Fuck you. Yeah, you didn't even, you didn't need to call the sheriff. You didn't need to yeah. get this man arrested for just trying to save his granddaughter, you Grinch. Mm-hmm. You racist Grinch. Grinch. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the Grinch was so racist against the Who's. <laughs> and yet they keep showing that movie around Christmas time. <laughs> Yeah, so he gets arrested, and Al is like, but what's going to happen? Because, you know, Miss Melanie can't leave this hospital. And he's like, you, like, like, he tells the nurse or the cop or something, make sure she doesn't leave the hospital for 30 minutes. 30 minutes, because that's safely past the time when she's supposed to get hit by this train. Yeah, he's like, I'll go quietly if you promise that. And the sheriff's like, all right. And I'm like, well, how is that going to work? Because the sheriff is taking you yeah, to jail. The nurse is definitely not going to do anything the you ask. The nurse asked. hates you. She's yeah. racist. Yeah. She's if anything, not- the nurse is going to be like, here are your keys. Leave now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. oh, the train is uh, running late. You've got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> She's just a terrible person. Yeah. So then, of course, immediately Miss Melanie comes out and yeah. um, and talks to the nurse who's like, well, he got arrested. And she's like, you mean he got arrested for bringing his granddaughter to the hospital? Like, I'm getting in my car. And she, yeah. guess what, drives towards the train tracks um, where well- she... Where Al fears she will get squished by a choo-choo. Yeah, Al, Al is in this scene um, in a very, very fancy uh, red vest. Oh, yeah, he looks like a Victorian magician. Yeah, it's like it, he looks like um, he's in um, high school concert choir. And, um, uh, and he gets in the car with Yeah, Miss Melanie, Melanie starts to drive away and he says, Gushy, center me on Miss Melanie. And then he's just in the car with her yelling at her. Sam's nowhere around. This is, like, the first, like, we're, like, finally we've broken, like, Al can be fucking wherever. It's very confusing because at first you're, like, because he's a a hologram in, in, I'm going to talk about this every episode. I've been listening to the show and being, like, wow, I really can't get over this neurological hologram. I think this is the last one because, like, now we know it's, We just have to get over it. Cat's out of the bag. Like, Al can be anywhere. (laughs) He's he's just a god. Don't worry about it. But, like, recenter me on Miss Melanie. So, like, he's asking Gushy to basically attach him to her to be a neurological hologram for her, kind of. Well, she can't see him. Right. But he wants to be centered. So, like, in her vicinity. Yeah, he's because she's driving her car. So, whatever it is, like, he's just sitting in the passenger seat. To what end? Screaming at her. Yeah, who could, like, what can he possibly do? Well, was, so he did something, I guess. He said he says he did. I think. Well, because again, this is right when right. we get to the. Okay, she's driving. She. Uh, <laughs> this is one funny thing I have in my notes is that like after all of the times 
in this episode and others where people have been like, oh, Jesse's crazy. I saw him talking to himself. Yeah. And now Miss Melanie is having whole monologues just being like, talking, oh, there's some ringing in my ear. She's talking to her Talking husband. to her dead husband. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, she is driving down the road uh, with Al yelling at her, saying, stop the car, stop the car, stop the car. Finally, she manages to, st- to stop the car inches away from being hit by the train, which is mind-boggling because, may I? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the train that is actually supposed to have hit her in Alpha Timeline. Yeah. Now, with all of the things that Sam has changed, and like, if... if Upsetting the whole t- yeah. balance of the town. Sam, If um, Sam hadn't been there, like, she wouldn't have... They wouldn't have had to take Nell to the hospital. Yeah. She would be coming from the opposite direction. Like, everything changed, but she was so close to being hit by the exact same train. I feel like this is a fixed point in time. That was supposed to happen. Everything is conspiring for her to get hit at that time by that train in that car. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. It's like if the butterfly effect was being taken into account, it would be like not only killing a butterfly, it would be like killing several butterflies and... And a pteranodon. And a pteranodon, yeah. And just being like, huh... Good luck, future. But then you still end up in the exact same fucking place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And then Al is super happy about that because he says when he finds um Sam in the jail cell, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, just maybe, I can reach other women. Younger um, women. Younger women. <laughs> and uh, gross. But the other thing, so I think the thing you were about to say, too, is that... Um, Oh, yeah. Did Al stop her? Or is it just that all of these things have come together? Like, all of the things that he that Sam has changed in this timeline have conspired to make her just miss the train? I don't think Al stopped her. I don't think that makes any sense. So I think it was just, like, the, the altered timeline. I think they were playing it like he did. I think, think realistically, it's more likely that, like I said, so much has changed in this timeline. Yeah. But I... I mean, Al believes that it was him, but I didn't see anything in her performance that made it seem like she heard him or anything like that. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It was a very confusing moment. Yeah. It would have been actually pretty decent. Maybe we should go back and rewatch. No, we're we're not going to rewatch this. (laughs) Who are we kidding? I don't know if if I... But, like, I wonder if that was, like, if there was, like, a moment of, like, I heard Charles's voice. Yeah. Like, that would have been a clever way to play it. But also, I don't think they want to set the precedent that people can hear Al. Well, that's what I wondered, because when he's like, think of all these, maybe I can reach other women. And I'm like, are they just opening the floodgates to Al being able to just have a lot of sex in the I next? I really hope not. We know we know that animals can see Al. We've established that. Yeah. Animals can see true. him. Horses and dogs can see him. So yeah. he does have some kind of physical, I hate this show. Do you? No, I love this show, but... <laughs> you chose this no, show. <laughs> you asked me to do this podcast. No, I just like, again, I, I'm, I'm too much of a pedant to like just kind of believe all this. Well, you know, he's inside Sam's brain, but also he can be anywhere. And also animals can see him. But like, I'm just, I'm done with this. Like, the jar is broken. Anything, it's, anything can happen. Well, honestly, it's like I said in the, in the teaser before we even got started, where I'm like, once you introduce time travel, like, you either, you better have some ground rules or mm. else i don't know like i was talking again somebody was talking about harry potter recently and was like what was 
that's it. Somebody brought up something else that didn't make sense and why didn't you just do this and why didn't you just do that? I'm like, you gotta let it go. Mm -hmm. As soon as they introduced the time travel element in Harry Potter, you can't believe, like, you know what I mean? It's like, sure, Al is a neurological hologram, but when he says, like, focus focus me on, on Melanie and he ends up in the car with her, it's like, there's so many things because he's talking to a man in the future, which doesn't exist yet because he exists in the past, but then in the future, like he does exist in both places. Mm-hmm. But then you're telling me we can follow this person who I don't, I don't This know, is man. why I just said I hate this show and I don't hate the show, but this is what I hate about this show. Well, that's, yeah. So do we just say like, okay, you know what? Like we can't, we just, we can't think about the science anymore. I think that we can just say like, he's not tethered to Sam's brain. He's not tethered to reality. He's not, yeah, he's not tethered to anything. He's a free agent, and, like, let's just go from there. Let's just say that Al's a ghost, and anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, anyway, and then uh, Al is left alone in the jail cell after Jesse is let out by Melanie, and the, yeah. the, she saves him, and the, and the... Bails him out or whatever. He, or got the doctor to drop the charges. Right, I think. right, right, right. And um, the sheriff, he has a bit of a talk with him too, because he's because he's like, she, you know, he he tells him about the car crash and is like, someone did this yep. specifically, and we know who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you better change things around here, sheriff. And sheriff's like, well, slow down, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> she only got hit by a car and in a terrible car crash. It's like. You're really downplaying the fact that this girl almost died, and I don't mm-hmm. know. But yeah, um, so the sheriff is. I th- I think this is the first time we see him kind of taking things a bit seriously, even though he's still kind of mad and racist. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets out. Al stays in the cell and starts singing "We Shall Overcome." He sure does. That happens again. It's like one of those things that it's. I'm just like, there's not enough black people in this episode yeah. for that song to be sung. Yes. That's Unless the thing. It's, you, you know what I mean? I'm not going to say that, like, no white person ever should sing that song. Yeah. But, like, uh, not Al, not here, not now. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's just, if you had done a few things differently with this episode, maybe I could see it. Mm-hmm. working but it didn't again i just like i'm i'm now stuck on the idea that if al had been a black guy all along if he had been cast day one he's a black dude then that changes everything yeah yeah and except for that one line he wouldn't have had to say i have a lot of black friends he wouldn't they, they could have cut that line of dialogue or it would have been really funny <laughs> i'd love to see uh, Sam earnestly asks a black man, how do you know about all this stuff? And the black man just answered, well, I have a lot of black friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Rough, rough, rough. Yep. So he goes in to get some egg salad again. Yeah, he goes, uh, he, well, he has, a, he has a little bit of a conversation with Miss um, um, Melanie saying like, uh, well, first of all, she says like, oh, Nell was moved to the black hospital. And Sam goes, oh, she, she shouldn't have. She, she could have died. Condition. And she said, well, what are you going to do? She's like, but she didn't. She's fine. She's fine. It's which like, is like, Ugh. again, it's, it's I guess, Donald P. trying to have it both ways. Like, first of all, like, nothing, like the girl is fine. Yeah, everyone second calm of all, down. Second of all, <laughs> she could have died. It's like, pick a lane. Yeah. Narratively. Yeah, yeah. 
either there are consequences or there aren't. Yeah, and he tries to convince Melanie, like, you know, now that you've done this one good thing, yeah, you should do... you saved her life. How can you still, like, think that all of this is okay? Yeah, and she kind of sticks to the idea that, like, things aren't... Things just aren't going to change. We have to... It's how things have always been done. She just sort of vaguely talks like that, which I guess, you know, makes us think, like, it's not that she's a bad person. She's just like, it's just how the world works. And then she's like, go get my lunch. All this time, he's wearing a coat that's covered in blood. Covered in blood. Melanie has changed, I believe, because she was wearing, I think, a pink dress that got covered in blood. Yeah. And now she's in a blue dress and she's fine. Well, he's been in jail all night, to be fair. Like, it's not like he could have changed, but he still could have just not put the jacket back on. But if I was Miss Melanie and my... I, I think we could say that they're friends. Yep. That at least they're starting to consider each other more as friends now, Melanie and Jesse. And my friend went through all of this. I got him out of jail and he's got blood on his coat. And he's a black man in 1955 in Georgia or wherever. Are you going to, you're going to still send him in to get your damn egg salad? That's the thing. You're going to send, like this upset the whole town the last time Mm -hmm. he did it, first of all. Maybe be like, maybe we should get our lunch somewhere else, first of all. At least today. Yeah. Second of all, he's covered in blood. So I I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like that would raise eyebrows among all the racists within the diner. And everybody is at lunch that day anyway. The sheriff, his overall son, son's overall friend, Toad. And Clayton. And Clayton. All of them having all lunch together. All the racists together. Get, to, they get together for a lunch on this day. Which is like, ugh. not to mention that Toad together? and what's his face and the son just caused a car crash. Yeah, like, like they just even if they're not leaving town, maybe just stay home today. Yeah, like why did you? Well, like they were scared for a hot minute and then they went to the diner. Yeah, I guess he was in jail overnight. Is that right? Jesse was. Yeah, Jesse was in jail. Okay, so it's the next day. Yeah, but still, like. I don't know. You'd think they'd be a bit more shaken up. Yep. Um, so, of course, when he walks in covered in blood, everybody looks at him. Yeah. This, she should have been like, Jesse, let me drive you home. Tomorrow we'll have a nice lunch at Miss Patty's. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I'm, that's, that's spoiling a bit because he walks in to pick up yes. her sandwich. And then she walks in and says, let's have lunch together. They sit down <laughs> at the lunch counter together. He smiles knowingly at himself in the mirror. And nods. And nods for like five seconds too long? Yeah, a little too long. The other thing is is that everyone in the diner is surprised to see Jesse as they were the first time we saw him come in, like at the beginning of the episode. As Mm -hmm. soon as he walked in, people kind of gave him the eye even before he sat down. Yeah. And then in this one, of course they did now. Well, because they know everything that's happened so far. Everything that's happened. He just got out of jail. The sheriff knows that, and he's, he's in the diner. He's covered in he's blood. He's covered in blood. And last time he came in, there was almost a huge fight. Mm-hmm. So, of course, everyone's looking at him now. But it's also like, doesn't he always get her lunch here? Yeah. So, it just makes me... Well, I mean, I guess, like, th- this the- time it makes sense. But at the beginning, it didn't really... Unless it was just kind of like, oh, there's that... Yeah. You know what I mean? The, it could have been that kind of side eye. He always gets those looks, but he just yeah. kind of keeps his head down and yeah. leaves. Yeah. And it was like, if it was just like, oh, there's a black guy in here. And then when he sat down, that's when the when all hell broke loose. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'll um, buy that. But, you know, Melanie needs her egg salad. She needs her fucking egg salad and she, lemonade. At some point, she said something like, you know, I don't know why they make that egg salad so good, and <laughs> but I got to have it. Yum, 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 yum. Mmm, egg salad. Look, I, I'm a, I am a lover of egg salad myself. Love a good egg salad. Um, <laughs> Listen, I want to stand up for your civil rights, but I got to have But I got to get that egg salad sandwich. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> It's like, oh, so much so that, like, you can't even give your guy who spent a night in prison, is covered in blood, like, had to save his granddaughter's life. A day off. I can't give him a day off. I got to get that egg salad. And also, I cannot set foot in patties. I could not. You go get your egg salad. Get your own goddamn egg salad. Like, and the last time we saw it, she was just standing, waiting for him anyway. And also complaining about standing out in the heat. You could have gone into the restaurant, woman. get your... You can eat inside. There's fans and shit. Oh, anything else to say about this episode, Kristen? Uh, he leaps at that. At that point, he leaps when they're sitting down together at the lunch and counter. She do, she says, yeah, very openly to the whole diner, like I like I'm going to eat with my friend Jesse, and it's very sweet. Overall, almost like he gets up to go do something, and the sheriff is like, no, 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 sit down, overalls. And uh, <laughs> not today, not today, Jimmy. Hang Bob. on there, overalls. Hang on. <laughs> I guess that had to happen for him to leap. He had to sit down to have lunch with that's Miss Melanie. The thing that uh, that's a good point because I'd mentioned it before, or I, I had intended to mention it before, but there was a time when like he was there to stop Miss Melanie from, from getting, getting hit squished by the train, by a and then he accidentally caused this sequence of events that caused Nell to end up in the hospital. Yeah. So then I, I, I've kind of got this notion now, and also coming from last week's episode where he leapt from, from Frankie to Gino, mm-hmm. that God time fate or whatever, like... Is follow it's like it's like a GPS and then when he kind of veers off the track it goes like recalculating like what are we gonna do because <laughs> yeah, yeah. like in that last episode like he, he was there as Frankie to get something accomplished managed to fuck it up as Frankie and then like God time fate or whatever was like okay what do we okay I think if we put him into Gino then we can still salvage this and in this case it was like oh um we gotta save Miss Melanie oh wait he's fucked that up so now the job is to save Nell. And Miss Melanie, and then once he's done those two things, the 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 you know cosmic GPS is like, you know what? Maybe we can start the civil rights movement. Also, yeah, <laughs> like who's to say? Sure, sure. Maybe that is why you're here. Yeah, okay. we're just gonna tag that on right at the end. You saved you saved the person you were meant to save. You saved the person that you accidentally put in danger, and now we're just gonna tag this one last thing on, which is like have lunch. <laughs> See, I like to think, and this is like a reverse prediction because we watched the episode, but that um, he needed to sit down to have lunch with Miss Melanie because they are going to get married. And that's going to be a huge thing Mm -hmm. for Red Dog, Georgia, where (laughs) this town that we've surmised is this. Um, There, There should be. I don't know. Maybe once in a while. I can't remember. Maybe it's something they start doing later where Al will come in right at the very end and be like, oh, this is like the chain of events that's going to happen. You and uh, Miss Melanie are going to get married. You're going to have six children. <laughs> he lived to be 105. Yeah, we did. Out. We find out, out in the jail scene that Jesse is still alive in Quantum Leap time. Oh, yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. If they go uh, well, because because that's why Sam is like so everything worked out for him. So what? Why am I still? What here? am I doing? Yeah, 
Um, and what he needed to do was ha- sit down and have a nice uh, date. He needed to try that egg salad. Mm, oh, that's good. <laughs> 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 and then he, okay, so the prediction for the next episode? Well, let's do uh, plugs. Oh, do you not? No, I just always forget that we do plugs first, so every episode is going to be me being like, no, I cut this let's part out. do the, no. <laughs> I cut this we might have out. to keep it in this one. We're, <laughs> we're gonna like, yeah, I don't know. All right, plugs, plugs, plugs. You go first. Oh, okay. Um, plugs with Leet. Plugs with Leet. <laughs> um, listen to the Pitch Off Project. It's a fun podcast where we improvise movies. Listen to On a Dark Cold Night. It's a bedtime, sleepy time, scary time show. It's scary and sleepy. Do you think? I, I was thinking about this. Is it you? Th- you call it horror. Is I it, do. Is it horror or is it more like a creeper? Is it like a? Is it like a? It's more of like a. To me, it's like a. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a dark. It's like a. What do you? It's like a. It's like Um. Do you think it's horror? Um. I use horror as an umbrella term because, uh, like, I think about, like, the community behind horror and, like, the overall genre. Like, I would consider Anne Rice novels horror. Mm. Um, I would consider, even those people, some people disagree. A lot of Guillermo del Toro, like, he, I would say, is, like, there's debate whether he's horror or not, you know? Especially The Shape of Water, because, like, when that won the Oscar, people were, like... A lot of people were either in the camp of, it's so great that a horror film won, and other people were like, that was not a horror film. I can also think of a horror film that absolutely should have won, but... Get Out? Get Out. Yeah, for sure. A, and that absolutely horror. was horror. Be a much better film. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to talk this out? <laughs> no, no, no. I think they were both great in different ways. Yeah. And both had, both uh, addressed... Racism, though one was written and directed by a black man, so that's um, different. If you want to hear my take on The Shape of Water, I think it's on uh, uh, a fairly recent episode of The Pitch Off Project. I think it was one of the boardroom bonuses. Uh, look it up. I can't remember. Uh, well, anyway, that's a yeah. To, to I would almost I, like I, I, I would call your your thing to me. It's like kind of gothicy. I say gothic horror if people mm-hmm. want to know more about it because I'm like it's or supernatural gothic horror. Mm-hmm. There's certainly because I like it to be somewhat relaxing and just for my own tastes. I don't like a lot of gore, or blood and guts, and nothing uh, nothing gross. It's very classy. Yeah, it's it's more of like a foreboding horror than like a spooky, spooky horror. Yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, I like using that word because people who like horror are generally great. So uh, the end of this episode, Sam leaps into, while well, we see him having a drag race, um, he, uh, he's, I think he spins out, uh, loses the race, looks in his own rearview mirror and sees like a pimple-faced uh, uh, teenager. Yeah, I, I wrote... <laughs> He is an acne teen. Um, but also a greaser. <laughs> yes. Which also, like, fucking thank God, because we need, a, like, a light high school romp oh, after this episode. We'll see it first, and what I was going to say is, when we saw just him in the car, and there was, like, writing on the rear view, on the, the, the uh, what do you call it, the back window mm-hmm. of the car, there was, like, writing, and it was backwards, because we were looking at Sam head on. But for some reason, train time. Because the writing was kind of stylized and I was looking at it backwards. For a quick second, I thought it was um, 
like, you know, either uh, like Chinese or Japanese characters. And I was going to be like, oh, no, has he left into the body? Like, is this going to be the next few episodes where it's like Scott Bakula playing all the races, playing all the races? And I was quickly proven wrong. He's an acne teen. Acne teen in a race car. What happens? Okay. So I was thinking about greasers and I was thinking about Greece and how... Danny Zuko drove fast cars, but he also danced a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think we're going to see the story of a greaser who um, everyone expects him to be a drag racer and to be this tough guy. But he really wants to focus more on the dancing part of being a greaser. So it's going to be like Billy Elliot, but instead of ballet, he does like the hand jive. Um, I want to say footloose. Yeah, kind of like that. Kind of like, kind of like that story about another. Yeah. Why are there so many damn musicals? I guess two, but about <laughs> boys who no one will just let them dance. Hairspray. I mean, that's also got a race element, but it's you know people who won't be allowed to dance. I'm trying to think what else. <laughs> what other musicals fall into that category? Oh, they won't let you dance. Boo hoo! I just <laughs> leapt into the body of a man who couldn't sit down at a diner or use a water fountain. <laughs> Can't dance. So this is what you think it's going to be. It's that um, sure, sure he's into fast cars, but what he really wants to do is dance. And he's got yeah. a, what, 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 what does he have to do? Does he have to convince a la Footloose, his small um, Christian town, to allow him to dance? Um, or his coal mining father, a la Billy Elliot. Yeah, coal mining father for sure. Who like inexplicably will have a like a Welsh accent. Um, <laughs> I also, or maybe like, it'll take place in Wales. You know it, what? Let's go with it. Or or Northern England, wherever mm-hmm. Billy Elliot. I think it's Northern England. Yeah, but they have a very kind of yeah, yeah also, like, a striking accent. This this um kind of the look of this kind of. 16-year-old pimple-faced kid plus the dancing thing just reminds me so much of uh, Jimmy Jr. from uh, yeah. <laughs> from uh, Bob's, uh, Bob's Burgers. Burgers. Like, is that going to be? It's going to be that story? <laughs> yeah. If, if that kid's name is Jimmy Jr., I'm going to lose my shit. And they'll all sing that, um, there's a tower somewhere up above full of shoulder pads and love. It'll be great. Is that from the, that's from the working the die girl? Hard, yeah, work hard or die trying girl. <laughs> so good. Right. we're gonna find out whether Kristen is right next week and we hope you'll tune in yeah the next episode of oh, oh boy, boy it's, it's Kristen, Kristen and Leach